Hello and welcome to True North EV. Today we are chatting with Mark from Easy EV Install. Uh, we had a great chat with him talking about all this uh, easy way of getting into an electric vehicle. Uh, hope you guys enjoy and we'll uh, talk with you guys uh, at the end. Hello and welcome to True North EV, Mark. How are you today? Great. Fantastic. Yourself? Not too bad. So uh, for those that might not know, Mark actually has his own company here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, doing, we're going to call it the Lord's work, <laughs> <laughs> helping, helping the transition uh, to EVs, making it nice and simple. But before we start getting uh, chatting about his great company that he's got, we're going to get to know you a little bit, Mark. Uh -huh. Sounds good. What is uh, the first electric vehicle you wanted and why? First electric vehicle I wanted and why? Well, um, it's a longer story than just simply just simply that. Um, so the, the, I, at heart, I'm a little bit of an environmentalist and, you know, believe in doing well and not harming the, the planet as much as we could. Uh, that's my ideal, idealistic self in the past many, many years. Um, but how this all started was, is that, you know, an association with electrification of mobility, um, while I was in school, never really could afford that type of thing. Um, I had done some smart investing while I was in school. And as a reward, um, I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And I had invested in stocks and specifically solar stocks during 2008 to 2010, uh, cashing out a little bit further after that. Um, I was well enough to, or I had a good opportunity because um, I basically was successful at the solar stocks uh, to to purchase a vehicle outright. And at the time, I had worked for Crown Automotive Group, and I said, "Well, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to buy an electric vehicle." Well, that was about 2017, and and you know, wasn't really early adoption, you know, innovator phase wasn't really practical to get something. But I started my electrification journey with uh, Acura ILX Hybrid. Um, which I drove, um, which I completely changed my lifestyle, opened my eyes to electrification and, um, needless to say, which I, I traded in for that, you know, for a leaf not too long ago. If I had my one car that I would go with though, um, you know, it's, I gotta say that lucid air is looking real fancy yes. and really, really nice. Um, that's something I'd be very interested in. Even just the Ford F1, uh, well, F-150 Lightning, I think that's going to be a great, great product for the prairies that's going to set us off like you wouldn't believe um and uh the rivian the rivian trucks are kind of like the truck suv modern style type of thing so yeah a little bit of a long-winded answer there sorry about that <laughs> it's all good um and i guess that answers uh you so you currently do drive the nissan leaf correct yeah i have a 2017 nissan leaf picked it up um earlier this year coming up on one full year of ownership of that after many years of, uh, again, driving the hybrid situation, um, it was time, you know, to, to fully understand the, the, the culture of electric vehicles, the change and shift in mentality yeah. of electric vehicles, and um, just the benefits. You know what? I'm sorry how much better they genuinely are. And it was just yeah. blew, it blew my mind. I already had a taste of it with the hybrid, but when I went full electric, man, I'm set. I'm, I'm not going back. And... Uh, so you've had it almost a year now. Uh, yep. What kind of range are you getting in the winter time with that? 
Yeah, that's and that's the challenge with these. So it is a little bit lower. Um, I've got the 30 kilowatt hour battery on mine, uh, which in perfect condition is going to give you 172 kilometers. Um, right now, kicking around 110. So we see a like you know a bit of a um, a slice of about you know 30 percent of your battery capacity, and that's what I am experiencing right now. And the 2017 doesn't have any sort of battery uh, warming uh software right i believe this one does uh, i did check the vin when i did purchase it and it said it had that option on it um okay the, the higher level trim does have that type of uh, feature on it um you know being really revealing i don't you know not, not driving the high level trim i'm driving what i could could find in the yeah. marketplace really it was there was nothing available um so but it this feature was a part of it which i'm thankful for being canadian winters yeah and, and so why did you choose the Nissan Leaf? Was it just kind of what was there or was it that whole Nissan uh, kind of deal you were looking for? You know, a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a brutally honest sort of individual, um, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, it doesn't really matter. Um, the fact of the matter is, is I was winding up my, uh, my last employment with Mercedes-Benz Winnipeg for the past five years as you uh, had a human resource in the executive circle. And needless to say, um, that's what came through at the time. Um, so uh, I was hoping for a late model S or or a three to come through, uh, get on the Tesla bandwagon, kind of feel that experience. Yeah. Um, you know, they have some some advantages right now with the, the infrastructure and a few things like that. Um, uh, but uh, that didn't come through. Uh, so the only thing that and I'd waited for something to come through at a certain amount of time. And then a couple last days, the leaf came through and I'm like, let's pull the trigger and do it. No regrets um compact car i really like it there's enough room to put my hockey bag in there uh, so that's all i really kind of care about um and uh you know it's it's not killing us so we were really enjoying it and, and that's the i know me and my wife we have a hyundai kona electric and oh, yeah, i'm actually cool. trying to if i can find a nice cheap nissan leaf one that basically is strictly now a city vehicle yeah, uh, that is exactly what I want because the Kona has no trunk space. Really, no oh, yeah. kidding. It's huge in the leaf. It's deceptive. Exactly. Like, without yeah. putting the back seats down, um, me and me and a buddy, and I'm, I'm not a small, I'm not a small dude. Um, two hockey bags piled on the back, not a problem. Hockey sticks, yeah, they got to come over the back, and they're yeah. kind of. It's a compact car. We're used to that in almost any vehicle. Yeah. With hockey sticks. So, but needless to say, that's that's remarkable. I didn't really didn't know that. Well, with the Nissan Leaf, they kind of got that booty that pops out mm -hmm. also. Yeah. So it yeah, definitely splits. helps there. Yeah. Um, and, and now going from even the hybrid to a full electric, uh, did you notice that you changed much of your driving habits or anything? Or had to make any big changes? No, I mean, the only, of course, the big change is is how you fuel, right? And how you, yeah. you, you put your energy into your vehicle. So that had changed a little bit. Um, but for the better, uh, I have no problems with charging at home. Uh, no, no, no issues with that. If you're out and about and you, you're a little depleted, finding new infrastructure and different places to go is a little bit of a challenge, but it's just like, you know, like anything else, we've got to find a gas station, gas station, you go find a gas station. Yeah. Um, uh, just recently the Red River, uh, has up on, uh, Notre Dame and, and route 90 has a couple of 50 kilowatt chargers available for the public. 
Um, I've, I've just been charging at home, um, but I got fairly depleted one day and I headed out there and, and used those. And I was surprised, pleasantly surprised at 50 kilowatts, how much it put in, yeah. how fast it put in. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, 80 to 90% for me, almost 99% of my charging is at home. Uh, so it's not even that much of a difference. Driving habits, you know, aren't different. You just got to watch because of the torque. So you know, you're peeling off the line all the time. So you have to be careful because uh, you go through tires a little bit, but no, it's the sensation's great. I enjoy it. I already got the taste of, uh, of you know, peaceful stopping. It's kind of interesting. People who have, you know, internal combustion engine cars don't really understand that you roll up to, you know, a stop sign, you know, or you're in traffic and you can hear the birds chirping and yeah. you can hear activity around you and you can hear things and it's just like a completely different change so it was there's some changes but for the better now does your nissan leaf have the sounds that it makes uh like i know yeah. the kona is a spaceship essentially um yeah different i mean you have the number one what's really funny is the backup so this has got a backup chime you know yeah you know just because they don't want you to run over people it does totally make sense like when you're backing up in a parking lot it's dead quiet you can't hear that thing um i more often than not you scare people when you drive electric vehicles sometimes uh just usually they're not where they're supposed to be i think back lanes are a funny thing so backing lanes people walking their dog down back lane i don't know how many times i've seen them like you know i don't race up on them or anything but just creeping up and then they're like oh my word there's, yeah. there's a vehicle there, and that's kind of a funny sort of thing. But no, we have that um, it, it, the same electric sound. It's really kind of cool. Now, I'm not sure some vehicles have an engineered manufactured sound up to 30K, 30, about yeah, 30K. Yeah, like the Kona does. Yeah, yeah, Kona, Tesla. I believe the uh, Leaf has one, it, too. Well, it, it became a law, I want to say 2019. Mm -hmm. So it became a law, but I know before that, some more putting it on, some more. Yeah, and I think that Europe, it's funny because I thought the United States had that going first, but it was Europe that kind of went in first with that. And um, yeah, but it's got a little bit of a manufactured sound that, you know, my uh, my love of my life, she she calls it, uh, sounds like the Jetsons, sounds like a mon feels like a monorail, you know, just, <laughs> just a complete sensation that's super modern. And it's like, we've been waiting for this type of thing for years and, um, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I guess, but it's not like an engine, like, like for the listeners, like, it's not like an engine. It's a peaceful sort of sound that's, and it stops out of a certain amount and you just hear yeah. wind noise. It's not like a rumble or anything to that effect. And going by my big issue that I found switching over from an electric, are you finding you're cleaning your windows a lot more? Washing the vehicle, maybe more. That's my big issue is that I notice my windows are dirty. Not particularly any different. Um, you're going to have to unpack that a little bit for me, I think. I, what, I guess what it's are you noticing with, with my work truck. Um, yeah. When I gas up about once a week, oh. I always clean the window. Right. Yeah. And so, so it was just that natural thing. You go to the gas station, you clean the windows. Now I don't go to the gas station. And I don't clean my windows. So, especially during this cold weather, I don't go wash my cars often. In the summer, I might go wash my car once every other week. So I don't notice it as much. Once it starts I, getting gross out, it's the car's not getting washed. Totally. And 
yeah, the window. I find that intriguing. Nasty. I find that intriguing because like everyone's got, it's kind of new, and and when you start talking with other EV owners, everyone's got something. Yeah. And that I would not even notice, but now I'm going to, of course, be paying attention to that all the time. Thank uh, you. I also uh, used to be an auto detailer. Oh, actually. yeah. Yeah, over at, uh, well, I did some of the work at uh, Focus Hyundai. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, one of, the, one of the businesses I worked for. Yeah, fantastic crew over there. Now, with the Nissan Leaf, what's been your longest trip you've taken with that? We... Uh, you know, we were still testing out. We're still in our mental mental beta cycle yeah. of it, just kind of figuring out what we can do and what we can't do. You know what? One of our favorite things to do is uh, take a ride out to Birdsill Park. Yeah. And uh, this is actually, you know, for you know, for listeners to understand or someone who doesn't really get it, but that's that sensation of like, you, you when you get out there, that's great. But when you're cruising through at the park speeds, and if you take a side or here or there. That's when you notice nature and stuff. And it's completely yeah. not nearly as invasive as an internal combustion engine vehicle. And I don't know how many times we've been, you know, we like to do the camp loop, uh, the open area on the west side. I'm not sure what it's what it's called. A group use area, one or two, one, I believe. And uh, it's just like 30K through there. It's really, really wooded and the rest of it. We've creeped up on deer a few times yeah. um really no other animals a few other like a fox and stuff like this that type of stuff but they don't even hear you or see you and they're surprised by it but that's one that we like and then another one we like is to take the traditional uh henderson main street uh up to lockport uh uh skinners uh that that road uh, route um we can do that no problem um that's absolutely no problem of a trip and it's really really nice too and scenic and you have the ccs charger so once those become more prevalent, then you can actually go a little farther. We're on the yeah, uh, we're the chat. We have Chatmo on or this Chatmo, yeah, yeah. So the Nissan, the Nissan's got the Chatmo, the Japanese ones. CCS is definitely coming on a lot more with the rest yeah. of uh, North America. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there I mean there's no real infrastructure up there up that way right now, so not really using that. But yeah, and uh, I guess. What's the worst feature of your Nissan Leaf? Worst feature? Hmm. You know, it's a double-edged sword. It's got to be, you know, it's the range currently. I've got an older yeah. model one, the smaller battery. Uh, this year is, is going to be a great, great uh, landmark year for batteries and, and ranges of vehicles. The days of the old, you know, less than 300K range is gone. It's uh, 400K, 350, 400, 500. Um, some of the statistics that I use for my business is in International Energy Association. And they had a report that came out not too long ago, um, just for 2020. And a part of that report had uh, ranges involved in it. And they've, the, the ranges are now plateauing globally. So the range is kind of plateauing around 350 kilometers. Um, but that's really, really heavily skewed to European vehicles and Asian vehicles with a little bit smaller ranges, smaller vehicles for urban markets. But Needless to say, uh, that would be one of the, the, the tough things with it. Um, yeah. And learning how to charge in winter and watching your range in winter. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, like a, it's just like a gas tank. It's the same thing. It's just a new yeah. behavior, new learned thing. But other than that, I, I, man, I like it. I love it. It's got more responsiveness than uh, other small compact cars. Um, like the same engine size and the same type of vehicle doesn't have the same driver experience. Not even yeah. close. Yeah. Uh, I guess, putting the opposite then, what's the best feature of your Nissan Leaf? 
<laughs> it's electrification. It's putting electric, electric ions into the quote-unquote tank. Um, that's the best feature. Um, it, if we want to really compare it, you know, vehicle to vehicle, I would say the drivability of the vehicle um, is really, really good. Um, you know, it's a little shorter wheelbase. It's really zippy to go around town. Um, the responsiveness on the throttle is really, really good. Multiple modes for that. I have about 187 foot pounds of torque available yeah. right from go, which is fantastic. Um, very surprised. I like to surprise people with that sometimes. Uh, closed course, of course. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, those are some of the best things that that I've liked about the heated steering wheel. That's great. Heated back seats. That's awesome too. Ooh, you got heated back seats. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A bit of a winter car. Yeah. I guess going on that. What is the best and worst part of having the Nissan Leaf in the winter? Now that winter's coming upon us. Um, again, uh, the range is challenging. Uh, older, older vehicle, 2017 with a smaller battery, um, and then just the, the how nature works with batteries and electricity is kind of challenging. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have that problem if you had a you know a larger range vehicle. Even the, the new Leafs also are coming with like a lot more range. Um, so it's really not a good comparison. Other than that, not a problem with traction. It's got traction control, works really well. Um, no problem stopping, got winter tires on the vehicle. It's a smart thing, but I haven't noticed anything. Um, there are some challenges with the heating. I think that's a challenge too, because it uses essentially like an element in there. Yeah. And I think I think in the Leaf, it, it's like 2,500 watts which is significant. So when that's on, your battery is getting toasted very, very quickly because that's where it draws, the, yeah. draws it from. So that would be the challenge is when it's like ice ice cold. Um, there's ways to mitigate that heating up while it's plugged in, um, using uh, the heated steering wheel and seats more often, um, being conscious of, of the actual temperature you're at. So there's a few things like that. That's struggle, like, But I struggle with that because of a smaller range yeah. battery. That's the issue. So... In winter, yeah, but other than that, it's no different. So, like, it still works out, still gets warm, and the heater comes in quicker. For a smaller compact vehicle, if you had an inline four versus this electric style, the heater comes on much quicker. Yeah. So, an inline four sometimes will not get warm, period, right? That's the thing. You can plug it in. Got to use the recirculation and all the rest of it to get going, and sometimes by your destination, you're still cold. Now, nah, man, this thing's – this the, the leaf yeah. is – pumping heat at the end of the street like it's ready to go in that yeah. respect which i really appreciate and have you had to take it to a, any dealerships yet nope not yet um haven't had that haven't had that pleasure yet so okay so no experience with dealerships and uh i guess slowly transitioning over to your uh business side have you okay. converted anyone over to evs or got somebody um, thinking a lot more about uh, that. <laughs> it, um, I think it's part and parcel of the overall conversation also. We tend to find right now that, so paying attention to the consumer life cycle, and there's different stages to that. So right now we're in the innovator stage in Manitoba, and innovator is going to be less than 12% of the population owns. So we're significantly below that. We're about one point. 1.6% of new vehicles registered last year were electric out of 54,000, right? So there's only like uh, just a handful there. 
So that's something that what we're encountering or I'm encountering specifically are innovators. They're people like yourself, like myself, who are, you know, very educated in the, in the field. They've been looking at this and researching it for a long, significant time. They have no qualms about going out to, you know, research the car, test drive the vehicle. Um, and then from, from applying it to what I do, they have no problems getting, getting a charger, you know, getting all the pieces together themselves, being very careful for it. So um, I'm usually at the tail end of the consumer buying experience. So uh, as far as me converting, uh, I just know that all my friends, because I always give them rides um, and I'll let them drive the car. Every single one of them is like, yeah, no, my next car is electric. My next, no, no, I'm done. I didn't realize it. That's it. So it's coming yet. So as far as conversion yeah. and adoption goes, we haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then I guess, uh, when did you start thinking about uh, your whole easy EV install company? Yeah. So probably about two years ago, um, we went fully incorporated October last year, launched the website in May that, uh, this year. And then in June, just went to the end of June, early July, went to the public and started advertising that we were out here. And, and guess what? You know, we're part of the solution for this whole situation. So it's been about two years, about two years ago. And I guess uh, to backtrack, I guess, a little bit, um, what what is your company? Uh, what does Easy EV Install do? Absolutely. So we're your turnkey installation um, um uh, business essentially. So uh, we install chargers for electric vehicles and we take care of the full process. So essentially, um, you know, we take the guesswork out of it. Um, we've, you know, my personal experience is the automotive industry. Um, I have channel partners that I'm supported by uh, for other services. Um, but mainly what it is, is the installation of level two chargers for the residential aspect. Um, also uh, providing infrastructure for commercial investment as well too so that's the next thing uh and then for multifamily unit and investors finding solutions in in designing charging um uh charging not so much a network as you know a, a site um that's appropriate for them that makes some sense so we do multiple things and it's kind of kind of seems it's new and it's different but really what it is is if you need a charger charge the vehicle we're here to help you all the way through the process. So selecting the right charger for your vehicle, because sometimes there's, you can get, you can overpurchase, you can underpurchase sometimes, making sure that uh, your panel, the electrical side of things are, is done correctly. So making sure your breakers, your panels, the correct size can handle it. The breakers, the correct size. If we need to add any cable, if we need to do any trenching to an, a, a detached garage um, and then adding sub panels, stuff like that. Um, so that's more on the residential side of things. We take care of all that stuff for you. Um, on the commercial side of things, um, it's working with you uh, to, to build a quote that makes some sense for your application and your investment. Um, we're finding a lot of um, a lot of individuals right now are quoting out, and it seems like there's going to be a decent influx of charging infrastructure being put into our our communities uh in the near future so what's happening is like a lot of quoting out for the next year's budget that's kind of coming come along uh, talking to some dealerships also um, providing installation services for their clients um so there's many different things that we do but the, the long story of it is that we put chargers 
where they need to be. So do you deal with uh, both level, I guess the full gamut, level one, two, and three chargers yeah. or? Level two two and three. Level ones usually come with the vehicles. Um, not really something that, that we carry or we focus on. Okay. Um, so we focus on the level two chargers, so the 240 volt um, uh, and whatever the amperage is according to that. Um, I like to carry a couple products. The amperage is... 32 to 40 and 40 is about right right now it is changing already just as those batteries we're in this great time where the cars are getting faster charging rates better batteries the chargers are also switching over right now too so we're going to get 80 amps coming up with like 90 kilowatts and that sounds crazy it's just a lot more power a lot more um charging uh, efficiency for you i guess my looking at it um mm -hmm is do we need to be faster i know with my i guess i could see at a condo or where it's a shared parking mm -hmm. uh, but i know like with me i plug my cone in at night and it's ready to go by morning um is there a big demand i guess is there a big need for the faster chargers in a i guess more of a residential case like because i could see more as multiplex or commercial side yes but yeah, it depends very much on your lifestyle. Okay. So uh, if you're having, yeah. you know, you're working full time, your partner's working full time, um, just in that scenario alone, um, if you're sharing the vehicle, most likely you're not, but if you're using the vehicle and, and running around town, um, and then if you start doing things like adding in families, adding in, you know, running to hockey, running to soccer, dance, um, all this type of things, the next thing you know, you you can be depleted. And the whole point of it is it's not so much like, it's the availability and having it there when you need it. Yep. So as far as wanting to charge faster, I think we all want to charge faster. Like, like no one wants to sit there waiting. You know, that's the whole argument right now is, you know, gas, you fill up in like two and a half minutes, depending if you have a truck or not um, versus, you know, it can take a level one charger 12 to 18 hours to charge, depending on the state of charge you're at. So if you're depleted, it takes a lot more. If it's cold out, it takes a lot more. The level two is a nice balance for that. And it allows you to have the availability of energy in cold weather. And you might notice with your level one in cold weather, it's not nearly as good. Um, I mean, well, I haven't had to use my level one in cold weather, thankfully. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I've, uh, I'm on my second charger, but in between the chargers, I did use level one kind of in the spring, summer and it's during COVID. It's not a big deal. No. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. It's, it's something that people don't understand that until you get depleted and you're like, oh, geez, yeah. um, you won't know that you need it. Um, on top of that, uh, residential rates per kilowatt hour are nine cents here in, in Manitoba, which is incredibly low for North yeah. America or the world in general. Um, but a lot of these fast charging infrastructures, I think the mindset will change is what right now everyone's stuck in the mind that I have to go somewhere to charge. I need to leave my house to charge. A third party has to charge for me or put my energy into my mobility. That's not the case anymore. So with this, and this is a whole educational piece with like what I'm doing and being an EV owner is that you're not going to shell. You're not going to SO, you're not going to co-op anymore. You're going home and you're dealing with Manitoba Hydro at your rate that's publicly set that you know you're going to get. It doesn't fluctuate day to day. You know, it's it's very purposeful. We know where it's coming from and it's managed a lot better. So 
that's that's the think around it so going back to you know like you know it's charging better you know faster it's about making sure that you can charge quick when you need to or in, in a smart amount of time that's really more so what it is so i guess it, let's say i have a vehicle let's go with the rivian r1t i've Wild. ordered it good choice um <laughs> if only I had the money for it. The 174 a, kilowatt hour battery coming, man. That's 700 kilometers. I got a reservation <laughs> for a cyber truck, but we're gonna go R1T just because it's more likely to come a lot quicker. Uh, but with the R1T orders in, how how do we get this process started? If I've never owned an electric vehicle before, how does the process work? Um, when dealing with Easy EV. Yeah, it's that simple. You just so we have a website. You can submit an online form if you wish to communicate in that fashion. Um, you can pick up the phone as well too. So giving me a call is not a problem. Giving us a call, um, heck, uh, it's it's twenty it's twenty twenty two and like eight days here, nine day, ten days. Uh, you want to send me a text to that number? That also works as well. Um, uh, we take all forms of communication. Uh, from there, basically, uh, we find uh, what you're looking for. Uh, I'd like to know what kind of vehicle you're you're planning on charging with. And then we come down and do an assessment. Uh, I'll come down and take some measurements, take a picture of, of your panel, take a picture of the exit, and a few, few different documentation points. And then from there, uh, I present that also. We go to our installers and have a conversation about it. Uh, and then we provide you with a quote that makes some sense. Um, we only, uh, we do things right. So customer service is paramount. Um, quality installation is paramount. No questions asked and we pull permits. So we're not backyard mechanics or should I say electricians? Um, we're, we're an organization that does things by the book to make sure that we don't burn your house down or do something uh, unlawful. Um, that's very, very important for us. That that last note, we do pull permits. That's a part of the price that we kind of do. Um, so that's the process. That's kind of how we go through it. It's very simple. Just giving a call to, to get a quote. Um, our advantage is that we know the cars. We're you know from the automotive industry. It's not just simply an electrician showing up to uh, make a buck off of you and just throwing something in. It's making sure that everything's sized properly. You've got the right charging equipment as well um not just an installation service and are you guys finding most of the uh customers you're dealing with uh have a garage or just because i don't have garage i have mine all mounted to a fence and i have a little door little butt flap on the other side yeah, yeah that's uh a mix um but more so more so garages, and I think there's a little bit to that too, and it's just the demographic purchasing them at this at this current time. Yeah. So um, that that demographic is more more interested in the vehicles, but um, not necessarily mounting them in the garage, uh, mounting them outside the garage. That's another thing that's happening uh, right on the side because people have different uses for the garages. But so it's a mix. Okay, and, and are you finding um, when you're running it outside especially in our climate uh are you using a different charger are you essentially using an indoor outdoor charger or so i purposely picked items that are designed for the canadian climate 
And I think that's another advantage too. Um, some of there's some other individuals out there in the market. Um, I'm not, I'd like to, I'd use the word competitor, but they're not competitors. They just do everything right. But they're offering products that are from California um, that aren't made, you know, specifically for our climate. So the products that I do choose specifically have cases that are designed for minus 30, minus 40. They're designed to be outside. Even if you put them inside, cords are designed to be in minus 30. And it, hey, you know, you know, for and for all the internal combustion engine listeners, those individuals know an extension cord that breaks in minus 40 is absolutely <laughs> useless. Yeah. And we all know that plastic housing also is a challenge and where a cord comes into a plastic housing creates a point where usually it cracks or breaks and that's not good for us because we're talking about 240 volts of energy coming through at 40 amps that's dangerous not just yes. fire hazard um, that's dangerous for for children that's dangerous for you as well interacting with that charger so those are some things um, that i pay attention to and when we when we talk when we talk with clients about selecting a charger, those are some of the factors that I I just don't want to waver on. And, and that's the big thing, especially here in Manitoba. I know with looking for a replacement charger, because um, I'm going to be honest, I uh, picked the China uh, cheap Chinese uh, version. Where let's be honest, there is I'm not going to knock them all. There is some good quality Chinese chargers out there. Um, for my application, I went with a guy who I asked the question about one of his chargers he had online, and he's like, oh, yeah, we got this new charger coming in. I'll give it to you at a discount. Me being old and stupid. <laughs> went with that instead of doing a lot more uh, research into it, and it lasted about a year and a half. Uh, and there's but, some – and it's not just Chinese, right? Like, so, yes, I mean, we got yeah. – yeah, you know, I don't want to go on the record of, of slandering any sort of one product or anything because I carry multiple products and from yeah. multiple channel distribution channels. Um, but there are some like some some that are just not made for our environment, um, and it's not always what you get at you know Amazon or what you're picking off of what you're picking out of Home Depot yeah. uh, or PV Mart makes sense for us. Um, you know, they're, they're large conglomerates that buy pallets and pallets of these items and they distribute them through their networks. It's not always suitable for what we do. And uh, I think that's a part of being a Canadian. We just, we're just a little bit smarter about that, that type of stuff. Or should be, as per I was not. Hey man, you learned your lesson, right? Not a problem. Should have called um, me. <laughs> well, I actually now have uh, an amazing e-charger just because, um, Looking at your website that you do have, yeah, um, I noticed most of your chargers that you got listed are the uh, Grizzly chargers or Grizzly, however yeah. they pronounce them, um, which I was actually definitely in the running. Um, mm -hmm. But I have a fourteen fifty plug because I do go out to Alberta, and I found the Grizzly chargers are awesome. I liked everything about them except their size. <laughs> they do not lend themselves to mobility very easily. Um, so in a situation yeah, like that, um, where you have, I guess, a customer that maybe has a cottage and then at home, um, how do you normally or have you come across that where you have to recommend two chargers or is it? better to have one charger that you move or 
Or yeah. am I just overthinking this? No, I, I think it's so that's it's a different question. And it really has to do with site, site design. Okay. So and practicality of an individual. So that's kind of it. So some people aren't interested in having two charge points. Some people don't need the two charge points. Um, so it's very much a mix of things. Um, but yes, yeah, some of the charters are designed to our plug-in. Uh, and you know, some are designed to be hardwired in and carry both type of types of styles. And it very much depends on the individual. It's not a very good answer. Um, you know, don't really find, haven't really ran into that situation where someone needs one out of the cottage, so to speak, versus one here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not yet. I, we'll see what the summer brings, but um, you know, you have to think, be conscious of that. I'd be very hesitant to start recommending, you know, additional charters and additional costs to people. I'm not really into that type yeah. of thing. Uh, it's like what you need. And if you choose and you need to have more fl flexibility or mobility on something like that, we can walk down that path. But I, I certainly don't, you know, pride myself in trying to sell two charters to one person type of thing, unless need be. So. And I like and dislike that answer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very, <laughs> it, it is, um, it's avoiding, but it's a necessary avoidance because, as you said, every situation is different. Um, yes. And so it makes sense to, hey, I recommend this charger and that charger where if, like my panel, even that 80 amp uh, chargers that uh, are now coming out, I'm fully electric. I have a 200 amp panel. 40 amps was max for my, that maxed out my panel. Um, so even if I wanted this bigger charger and all that, it's one of those things that what might be good for my neighbor is completely different for me. So I do, um, I like your whole system of the whole, everybody, you got to take into account everybody's, all the little things that go along with it. Yeah. Where, and it's not just that it's, does the cottage have the service that's necessary yeah. as well? And if that's the case, then, you know, pulling that charger the 40 amp grizzly off the wall putting it into your trunk also is kind of inconvenient most people have that lifestyle won't really want to do that type of thing but we know that cabins okay well manitoba is different I mean, cabins here are houses right so it's a little bit different but not everyone runs a 200 amp service in their yeah. cabin and uh, a lot of time you know, the idea of the cabin is, is just to kind of relax. And I would recommend sometimes just going with the 120 and just leaving it be and like enjoying your time in nature. Some people do different things out of the cottage and, and they have different mobility requirements. But that's my whole thing is like, it's more about value. I like to provide value and have that conversation more so than sell you something. So that's something I think that's the underlying reason behind that, you know. And then if I decide as a potential client to go with you, how do you make your money? Is it, do I pay you as essentially a contractor or as the one kind of organizing it all? Or how does yep. everything comes through easy EV? We take care of all of it. Um, one stop shop. That's the whole idea. You don't need to go and interact with 
with uh, certain like multiple companies. That's kind of it. So you don't need to go and search out Amazon and go here, go there, yeah. um, or buy something from a dealership that's inflated prices and not be able to afford your installation. Uh, and then I'd make sure that I have local installers. And that's the, the one of our, you know, we have many layers to the business here. Um, and we use local installers. So um, Brandon, Porters of the Prairie, Selkirk, Steinbach, Il Duchesne, Winnipeg, we're covered all in those areas. We have a network across the province. And that's also designed for a couple of things. Um, the, the main reason for that is I want to support local business. I want to support smaller businesses that are in the area. Uh, we can control the quality a lot better. So with independent installers, I find quite often that the pride of work and work craftsmanship is much higher than dealing with a, a larger outfit that has large overhead multiple vehicles, uh, do different types of things, not just specifically this type of stuff. I like to support those communities. I think that's really, really important too, um, getting the money in the community. So it was just working with a community not too long ago. Um, and I said, I didn't have a connection. I'm like, well, this is my style. This is what I do. Um, do you have local installers? Because I'd prefer to keep the money here with the people that are gonna purchase your products in this local community and support your community. So that's something different rather than, um, you know, being based out of Winnipeg with like 25 installers and just flying all over the province and, and taking the money back home. Right. Yeah. So that's part of uh, the difference that that we also bring uh, as easy EV. Um, so I do. It's essentially that. Yeah. So I find you the appropriate people, give you the appropriate products for your vehicle. Um, and then we just make sure you're you're happy and bridge that gap, and we're there. It's actually very simple. It's a very easy process. It's a very easy process for it is you. Um, <laughs> okay, where where no no I go with um, as a person that was silly enough to kind of take it on all by myself. Sort of I I know all the different levels of annoyance and aggravation that goes on with it um so it so it's is. very nice um having a company like yourself that actually kind of goes from start to end and gears it towards sort of towards the vehicle i know when i was getting estimates i did have a couple of the estimates that uh, came back and oh is that for a tesla it's like, what does it matter? It's am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of that, and that's the thing is that you know, I take a lot of time um, vetting the individuals that I want to work with. It's not about you know trying to make a buck out of everyone that comes through the door. Uh, I mean, we have to have a sustainable business that makes yeah. sense. That way, I can invest, and then I can you know achieve some things that I like to do for the community as well. Um, but at the end of the day, um, there's just strange competition in that space that sometimes you're going to get, you're going to get everything. You're going to get the low cost leaders. You're going to get the high expensive individuals and you're going to get different things with that. So um, I take the guesswork out of that. And it's sometimes it's daunting dealing with, with the trades um, but I have no problem, you know, doing that, working on behalf of the consumer to make sure that it's, uh, I mean, I'm, we're working towards a standardized price, which is very, very, very challenging. Uh, the price of commodities go up and down. Um, you know, when we're talking about cable that's designed for 240 <laughs> watts, it's not cheap per foot and it goes up and down a lot. 
Um, breakers, for instance, we're having a real trouble right now trying to find 40 amp, 50 amp breakers in our market. Um, so there's all these little challenges that you just don't have to worry about. And uh, again, we make sure that everything's a permit is pulled. Um, and uh, so we want to make sure that we're compliant in that respect and we respect the utility um, and not just uh, not just the consumer too. So it's a big all-encompassing thing. It's just doing things right. That's what we try to do, value-based business. And even the simple, simple, Ish, uh, things like the breaker. I know uh, my panel is apparently close to 10 years old. I actually had a friend who's an electrician actually run all my stuff. And apparently my breakers are almost obsolete. Um, they no yeah. longer make that panel. And, and so it's all these little things that uh, are taken care of when you have professionals do it um, that can actually better inform you of that because totally and and that's a part of the process and we want to make sure we're so transparent with that I'm like hey man you know this isn't you know this isn't not going to work for your application this is why this is your solution to that application if and that's the topic that you know should be discussed is like panel upgrades and what happens in that situation yeah panel upgrade can cost you quite a bit quite significant amount um, the investment piece with that for a house, it does make sense to have more modern electrical connections and services. Again, there's a lot of energy, creates, there's a lot of hazards, fire hazards, shock hazards that go with that type of thing. Um, but we can point those things out and we can still continue down the path with that as easy EV to make sure that your panel is upgraded. It's not simply uh, just installing chargers. We have that. Uh, another thing that, that I haven't advertised much I should probably really let the, the public know that we do this as well too, but we've got Manitoba hydro financing as well. Nice. So yeah. And it's up to $3,000 for the installation of electric vehicle equipment, charging equipment. So here to the, how that works is that it's not just the charger, the installation, but any associated work that is required to put that in. So if you had the charger come in and the rest of it, and you're like, Oh no, but we need to change this panel or so on and so forth. You're eligible up to $3,000 to get the financing as well too. So it comes off and it just chips away. And the funny thing is, is that if you do the math on that financing, it's usually your gasoline bill that'll cover it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in fact, in fact, you probably get more, right? So, so, or it's less, I should say. So the charge to you under that financing program will be less than your gasoline bill per week. And it's just phenomenal, right? But it allows you to upgrade um, for for the future that's happening, and, and not just it's not just the electric cars, but homes are becoming more electrified now too. And, and that's I guess the other thing is you're sort of future proofing your house in a way. And if you do decide to sell, it's makes especially in this market, it makes that one more attractive deal um, mm -hmm. in your. In your pocket, I guess. Um, yeah, value in, increasing the, the the value of your home. It's it, it's also safety, right? That's the big thing yeah. too. And I guess going to the new builds, are you finding a lot of the um, commercial buyers? Uh, wow, I want to say contractors, but new home builders. Yeah, 
but on the big scale, like the the ones that come in and just build up on a whole property and all that. Uh, are you finding a lot of them actually looking towards the future? Because I know, uh, well, yes, before COVID, so 2019, uh, we're going to call it BC, uh, 2019 BC, before yeah, COVID. Um, we went uh, to the Parade of Homes, and I noticed a lot of the panels were 100 amp panels, which are not conducive really to electric vehicles um so are you finding that they're that so, they're at least slowly moving that way this is another not good answer for you um okay. i have found that that some new home new depends on the like condominium style townhouse style new homes very 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 different so um for instance just working with a client right now they have a 200 amp service in their house they have a trenched in line to a detached garage and then they also have a panel in the garage already so brilliant yeah cost savings easy to put in that's going to make their life really easy so we see that and that's that's a bridgewater home um and then condominiums some of these ones that are being built currently are wired into the panel to support the infrastructure but that's where they tend to stop okay so and then there's a few other ones that have put in level twos and or other just other receptacles for even 120, um, depending on the design that's out there. So it's a mix of all of it. So some things are coming charge ready. Some things aren't. Um, on the whole, I think they are coming more charged ready. The 100 amp service. I mean, there's there's probably yep, that's probably a st specific style of a home that, you know, it's more affordable or something to that effect. Um, and then there's various options though, right? So if you do custom home, yep. you as the home buyer, you choose to put in certain things and they may not have found that that was value for them, valuable for them at the time to put in a 200 amp service, right? Depending on the size of the home too. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't think they needed a hot tub, but now they do. Right. So yeah, and that's, um, that's kind of what I go with is even at a 200 amp panel, even a hot tub or whatever. You get a hot tub with a hundred amp panel, and you're already pretty much done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's yeah, that's. So I was at least hoping most would be switching over to at least two hundred amp. Um, but again, we, as I guess consumers, are the ones that will kind of drag them along, kicking and screaming. Yeah, we tend to be cost, <laughs> you know, cost avoidance. I mean, that's. That's the thing, finding value and and that makes sense. And that's why, like, you know, we try and make sure that we provide value in our relationships with our people and, and you know, our clients, e even if it's just a conversation. Um, you know, someone wants to pick up the phone and just get information. Great. Because that's kind of like where we're kind of looking at. And like, we just want to see this thing take off on the big, big scale of things. It's nothing to be afraid about. But, you know, I, you know, when I first started, started the company, my slant was, a lot of environmental side of things uh, until I started, you know, doing some posting online and a few things like that. But my biggest engagement came from the economics of it all. So knowing that, you know, I love this one example, and I'm not sure if you've ever used something like this. So if you, you know, uh, on today's hydro rate at home, if you charged at home and you had a, a vehicle that had a 400 kilometer range, you did that every week, every month. So four times a week, or sorry, once a week, four times a month for a full year, um, and you used it, that'd be 14,400 kilometers that you would put on a vehicle. 
And people don't realize that at today's nine cent per kilowatt rate, that would charge, that would only cost you $408 for the year for 14,400 kilometers. And that's actually, that's what sparked this and changed my approach towards things is that I just realized that this is going to save families and, 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 and make people's lives a lot better and a little bit easier in a time where it's really, really tough. And we're really kind of at the, the whim of a lot of different things, um, especially in our mobility uh, and our transportation to work and to like recreation to see family members and stuff. So, well, and especially here in Manitoba, our electricity rates don't swing wildly like our gas prices. Um, no, they're going after a rate raise right now, I think, for natural gas. And uh, natural gas not- is get, looking at getting a rate raise, and they were trying with electricity but still i mean it's still stable we're still underneath like nine cents a kilowatt hour um i I talked to one of my so we also provide network services network monitoring services and that's something that's not on the website yet and that's a commercial side of things so there's just still some things that i'm just not completely rolling out for everyone to kind of know that we're doing which i probably should let them know but one of our network providers and you have to think of like so you got to think of chargers as cell phones right uh, when when they're outside of the home more so, but even into the home. So so they're all connected. They're connected to the internet uh, and they monitor them or you can monitor them. You have an app that's associated with them, all this type of fun stuff that kind of comes with it. Um, but anyways, back to the point is that uh, I have a, a partner that I'm dealing at Orange County, uh, California. It's like Anaheim area and his and they have demand pricing. And so it's off peak, on peak, you know, moderate and all that type of thing. And or changes according to demand is off peak rate at night is 12 cents a kilowatt hour. We're still at nine His on peak rate is 48 cents a kilowatt hour, 48 cents. So, you know, wow. Like, you know, to put that in other terms, if you have a model S 100 D, that's $48 to charge it up from empty to full. Yeah. Plus some because you got the losses and all that. Mm-hmm. Where Great analogy. Where my Kona, I think I'm sitting at about $6, but that's 62 kilowatt. Well, heck. You're, uh, yeah, you're like right now for, for yours at our rates, like $5 and 70, 70 cents or, seven, or 80 well, cents. I guess to be fair, equal to equal. Yeah. Uh, 100D here in Manitoba is a whopping nine dollars. Yeah, per charge. That's and you get what four or five hundred kilometers out of that car. Yeah, come on, <laughs> it's, it's just it's laughable. Oh man, this is why it's about the economics and just like think of everyone's life can be so much different if you put back two hundred dollars a month in your pocket. So if I come up to you say I'm going to install a charger for you, it'll cost you know. You're lucky and blessed, and it's going to be good, and it makes some sense. You know, it's going to cost you sixteen hundred bucks or eighteen hundred bucks. That's it. And if I said you you invest that sixteen hundred dollars, you'll never pay gas ever again, and I'm going to give you the equivalent money for a free trip, all inclusive, to Mexico every year for as long as you own that vehicle. That's going to sound pretty compelling, right? And, and with that, most people are then actually using that extra money towards a. Uh, a better vehicle that than they would have kind of an upgrade on the vehicle than that they might not have chosen way better vehicles yeah they're built better that's yeah. what people don't understand is that 
And it's funny because I, I argue with my engineering friends about this. They're like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't need this, but you know, okay, I understand you don't need it. But do you understand that they're actually designed better? They're designed safer and they take less maintenance. It's, it, it's, it's just a whole, it's not even apples and oranges anymore. It's like you remove the drivetrain out of this vehicle and you create more pockets of safety. It's amazing. You know, like better traction motors that have like no, no friction involved, very little, little, little yeah. friction involved. Uh, no, no lubricants. Uh, you know, it just, just goes on and on and on. See where I got into EVs on the car side of it. I was a car guy at heart. Cool. I wanted the Tesla. Well, growing up, it was the Chevette with a Corvette motor quietest exhaust in it that that was the dream car until i saw the model s so i i don't have the model s i have the kona electric but still those sunday nights i still go out to the the hondas and all that and uh the big issue is the tires yep so i have to let them have me at the line in order to get past them and that's i've hung around a lot of car people uh my family out in Alberta, a lot of car people, and that's what attracts them. It's my wife is attracted by the environmental side. That's why she allows me to get these toys. Um, but it's for me, it's the car. Yeah. What happens when you roll all of those things in there, right? You roll exactly. in performance, yeah. less maintenance, uh, quieter. That some people don't realize also when you're stuck in traffic. And you're stuck in traffic in an internal combustion vehicle, your blood pressure goes up because there's this weird, strange anxiety with the vehicle running. It's running. So you feel like you have to be running yeah. as well. You're like, I'm losing money as we go here. The gas tank is going down and down and down. You don't have that in the EV. You just sit there. You don't lose anything but a little bit of time, but it's more pleasurable. You don't have that anxiety of the stoplights, I notice. It's quite well, different. Oh, my heart rate knows all about that anxiety. <laughs> and then you um, roll in the environmental, the economic, like it's just a no brainer. It's going to take, that's why it's taking off now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what is your dream vehicle? Is it that Lucid right now, Air? It's, it's a Lucid Air right now. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love a Lucid Air. I think that'd be really phenomenal. Um, there's a whole bunch of electric supercars out there that are like, Hypercars, um, hard old like, Oh man, there's just so many weird things out there. Um, but um, yeah, that I right now, if I had a choice, I'd, I'd be rolling around in a Lucid Air for sure. Like I'm a, kind of a practical guy. I don't need some crazy thing. So see where that's why I chose the Cybertruck. That's cool. It's, it's an ugly truck. It is first one to admit it, <laughs> but totally practical. Um, I drive a truck at work and it's and that's an example of a better designed vehicle. Yeah. It's not all like it's completely different. People don't get it yet. Yeah. And but the work truck gets dinged and beaten and but going just, you know, it's more of about a when we're talking about fleet, it's more of a mix too, right? Even when we're talking about EVs and I, I hope your listeners get that too. It's not it's not necessarily you don't have to just have like switch over to all EVs. It's about a mix, right? So it's okay to have an ice car still, you know, it's okay. 
but you know it's a slow mix same with companies some companies think they got to flip right over with all their fleet no you find your higher used vehicle you do a case on it you see that your advantages and then you slowly mix mix things over and eventually it happens it's not a switch it's not an either or it's a non-judgment thing there's a stigma attached attached with electric vehicles that we got to get over uh it's just a, a part of your driving mix right and there's no judgment to that see where as the person driving the truck i will 100 percent judge it i have to deal with a truck that is cold in the winter <laughs> i have to we have to install an inverter in it instead of just having the normal deal we have we plug it in anyways so there's no difference there no that's fair so. but the point is is like yeah you're right they're designing better vehicles and like the new f-150 i'm not sure if you know or not i think it's got like a dozen outlets on this thing or something yes. and even a 240 oh god that's crazy it's both a, the cyber truck and the f-150 it's a rolling generator plug it yeah and that's exactly it like as ugly as the Cybertruck is, which might actually make it a perfect company vehicle, because it's so ugly, it's you put a banner on it, it, everybody's looking at it. Um, but for tools, you, it, let's be honest, in the wintertime, a 240 heater, how many construction sites would love that? Yeah. You just plug it in, and then you just charge up again at home so and that's the thing and all small small engines are switching over right small small utility items uh, leaf blowers lawnmowers all this stuff is still changing it's starting to become electric and we know in california that banned a lot of small engines and stuff so yeah uh it only makes sense the world is changing that is for sure so again to wrap it up no uh, problem. it's i want to respect your time uh is there any anything you would like to plug for yourself? Uh, any contact info? Um, yeah, well, we're on. You can catch us on uh, almost all the social me social media outlets. Uh, we've got a LinkedIn page. It's Easy EV uh, Install. Um, you also got a Facebook page by same thing, Easy EV Install. Um, Instagram is my is at easyevinstall.ca, and same with my Twitter page is the same. Uh, developing those as we go. We're a new company on the market, so we're slowly developing those ones. Each one you can do certain things with. Other than that, um, you know, easyevinstall.ca is our website. Constantly, it's it, things have changed so much since we launched already. Like it's still evolving, still increasing, still adding things. Um, on top of that. Uh, the number is 431-999-EASY. So 431-999-3279. That's the phone number. You can text to that also. Emails are great. Emails connect at easyevinstall.ca, uh, which is all on the website. If you had the website, that's kind of where it's at. Awesome. And we're working all the time. Yeah. Uh, we're, here, we're here for the customer and for the client to make sure it's done properly. So. But tons of ways to contact you. Yep. And if and as a person that did reach out to you and message you, you are super speedy at the response. Um, but everybody remember, no texting and driving. It may take him a little bit of time to get it back to you because he's safely driving. I try to be prompt. I try to be prompt. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds great. 
I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. You're, you're doing a good service here, making sure the word gets out. Uh, the more uh, coverage that we get, the better it is uh, in general. Um, and the more education that people get, uh, the better. I think that's the best part about it. And hearing people's experiences such as yes. this, I think is very, very key. Uh, so uh, good job. Keep up the good work. And thank you very much for having me on. Oh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you so much for your time. You have yourself a great night. Awesome. Take care. You too. Bye. I want to thank Mark for his time, his knowledge, and the great work that he's doing to get more EV chargers installed at houses at multi-residential housing toba if you guys are interested in getting a charger set up and installed at your house you can reach mark on linkedin or facebook at easy ev install or on instagram and twitter with the at symbol easy ev install uh, call or text him 431 easy or email him at connect at easy ev install uh, all those will be in the show notes remember to go check out kilowatt and uh those guys are way more knowledgeable than me and uh yeah yeah feel free to reach out to me on anchor at anchor.fm slash true north ev slash message you could send me a tweet or Message me at uh, EV underscore North on Twitter. Uh, Facebook is at True North EV. Uh, and more you could just email me at uh, True North, True North EV podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thanks so much uh, for your guys' time and hope you have a great New Year's.